0: One, two, three. Yes! In person, we can actually do that together. No,
1: because it doesn't lag or glitch.
0: No, because I'm always like. Like, when we do rock, paper, scissors, I'm like, rock! <laughs>
1: like, I never know if you have it or not. I don't. Eh. It's okay. Who does? I mean, I got something, but it's not it. <laughs> it ain't it, sis. <laughs> Oof. Hi. Hi. How are you? I am
0: living life. I mean,
1: that's good.
0: Um, We're in the midst of the virus. The virus. We are in my guest room,
1: quarantine ish. Duh. Yeah. Question mark? Maybe? I don't know. I don't think so. I feel like, okay, everyone, just definitely quarantine yourself. That is the way how to deal with it. Yes. But I still came here. Yeah, as you can tell, Sarah's not in Boston. Yeah, I had to make a mad getaway on a jet plane yeah so
0: she's back home um i've spent all afternoon sewing reusable masks for which is freaking awesome hospital personnel yeah because you just put in the filters right yeah Mm -hmm. and um you wash them but there's been a lot going on with my day job and all that life is a little crazy currently but luckily no one in my family has gotten sick Mm-hmm. Which we are trying very hard not to, and your family hasn't been sick either. Yeah, taking all the precautions. I will say, I have grandparents in Rockport, and they don't have like anything. Like they're out of toilet paper and all that stuff. And I went to like five different stores yesterday looking for Germex and couldn't find any.
1: Yeah, to no. send to them. Germex is like a black market item. Yeah, basically. <laughs>
0: So times are crazy, but we have each other, I have my dog, and we have this podcast.
1: Yeah, he's over there banging away with his tail. He must be having a great time.
0: (laughs) He is, obviously. Yeah. But other than the virus, how have you been doing?
1: I've been good. Classes are now online. BU is canceled for the rest of the semester. So that's been a little rough, actually getting myself to do Do school work and do homework and do midterms and stuff over in my own time in my pajamas in my bed (laughs) pretty much and it's really hard to get myself to do that right Um, but I mean it has to be done whether I want to do it or not right uh but other than that it's been fine it's been nice seeing everyone and being Mm. in the same time zone as my friends and family (laughs) right
0: Uh, another thing is my sister is in seventh grade and so they're not having class right now Mm -hmm. so I told my mom I would help out and be her new seventh grade teacher and uh when I can when I'm not at work because I have to be at work some of the days um and I've already started making like a quote-unquote curriculum just messing with her like the other day I taught her punnett squares (laughs) it was fun (laughs) Because we were talking about blood types. And my mom's like, how do you know who would have what? And I was like, let
1: me teach you. I know this.
0: I felt Jeans. smart.
1: <laughs> that is funny. I mean, the other day, whenever I was creating my superhero for your birthday. <gasps> yes, yes, I basically taught myself the physics of stars and how it could possibly fit in one person. And I basically. Like, Whoa actually got into the science of, if I were to have this type of superpower,
0: how, how would I, I work? Yeah. Like
1: reasonably? Yeah. And since everyone is made out of carbon and, uh uh-huh. you know, it could technically not feasibly work, but if you were able to manipulate different um, yeah. molecules in your body, then you could possibly do that. That's really cool. Yeah. So I did that one day rather than doing homework. <laughs> I mean, it was fine. Ufa, <laughs> Dufa It's fine.
0: uh I already gave Sarah her early birthday present, which was a painting and a Peppa Pig. It was so, a pretty
1: great painting, by the way. I have your first gift, <laughs> and I wanted you to get it while we were on the podcast. Oh lord, but I didn't get your reaction. Too bad. You missed that, your opportunity.
0: <laughs> yeah, it was a pretty large pe- Peppa Pig that I got from it the Houston was Carnival. So
1: funny. I went to the so carnival cute. the day before it closed down. True, and won everything. But did you notice that her eyes were on mm-hmm. two separate sides of her face? Yeah, rather than on she only one? had two eyes. <laughs> so this is your first one. <gasps> yes. Oh man. So I made it cheesy, like the Peppa Pig. That's and cool then as hell. I will give you an actual one that I. Is this already the had same mine?
0: one you sent me? Because she looks like a different pose.
1: No, it's new. I drew.
0: Them. I like it a lot. Thanks. That's awesome. I literally used to have this shirt.
1: That's I awesome. I just
0: donated it. No! <laughs> I'll get it again. It I goes know where back. it went. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> oh, that's really cool. I like that a lot. I like the bedazzling. We'll I'll have, have to put this it. up, like, on um Insta.
1: Yeah, but I wanted it to be kind of, like, Peppa Pig-esque. Mm-hmm. So that's why I moj everything to watercolor paint
0: it's gorgeous
1: and then i will do a canvas work of the characters you asked for this is great thank you friend you're welcome i love them I well them is us night. so you're right i love us i thought i got our proportions right i'm hoping i so. know i can
0: see how much shorter
1: than you i am
0: <laughs> I, know. I don't I notice it in first
1: person <laughs> i look crazy <laughs> i look like an amazon person Compared to me thanks yeah,
0: Like Wonder Woman's <laughs> Me tribe. with my five two and three fourths self.
1: I love that you have to add the three fourths. And I have I'm six foot it. just on the dot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a monster, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> so, um
0: Well, thank you. You're welcome. We should maybe get into the actual podcast now though.
1: I mean we can if we want. But I mean, this is our podcast. We do what we want. Literally we had a whole IKEA segment last time. <laughs> Yes, I don't know,
0: I didn't ever, like, talk about that, but I did go to Ikea, and I did FaceTime
1: her, because I'm a good friend. Exactly, So I mean, it was definitely not what I was expecting, so. It was great. To the podcast. So this one is a state one, correct? It is a state one. It's up in my neck of the woods. What state? New Hampshire. Good, because I didn't remember. New Hampshire. Wait, what? story that you open up? In.
0: No. Look, I have my new one, but it, I wrote it a while ago. Right. So I... Uh, I always title mine, so I don't... I forget. haven't even saved mine yet. I live on the edge. Of glory. Yes. <laughs> so you go first. Or wait.
1: wait, have you ever been to New Hampshire? I have. <gasps> I don't remember it oh, very okay. well, though. I haven't. Um, I went with my dad. It was the same time that we went to Massachusetts and Rhode Island. Gotcha. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I've never been.
1: Well, that's not <laughs> <laughs> different. Um should we get into the trivia? Yes, yes, yes. Okay. Yes. So, I have to admit both of these are basically in the same realm of questionhood. Okay. Um it's just because if I would have asked any other question, it I'd would know. basically give my story away. Okay. So, this first one is kind of you know, simple. Um, for the first question, where is the longest railroad in the world? A. China. B. Turkey. <laughs> C. Syria. D. The United States. And E. Russia.
0: I'm going to guess Russia. I have no reason, but that's what
1: I'm guessing. Well, it is the largest. Yes. Yeah. Yay. That's right. Um, e is the answer. Russia, the Trans-Siberian Railway, is the longest and one of the busiest railways in the world, spanning 9,289 kilometers, or for us American United States, Americans, unmetric. United States, unmetric, unmetric, unmetric people, speaking. there are other people out there, 5,772 miles. It runs from Moscow to Vladivostok.
0: Have you heard?
1: There's a rumor in Petersburg. Have
0: you heard? <laughs> Sorry, whenever trains come up, I always think of Anastasia. I mean, same, so it's fine. Literally, when I went on the train with my stepdad and Riley for his birthday, you crossed between the train carts, and I was like, it's like an Anastasia! Like, I'm not joking. This is who I am as a person. But I'm glad I guessed that. Oof. Okay. Yes. <laughs> My trivia number one, number one, is Mm. on February 26th, 2020, this year, Mm. what animal escaped from the care of a zoo in Sydney? A, a tiger, B, a koala, C, a kangaroo, D, a baboon, or E, a dingo.
1: A dang I don't know. Uh that's not my answer necessarily. I think a tiger. It was not a tiger. It was a baboon. A baboon. And the thing about this uh
0: baboon that I'm just now remembering is that it was the ba- the male baboon and two female baboons were taken to a hospital for the male to get neutered or something mm. and it escaped. Mm. And so that was the whole it was like a human hospital. And it was like running around and people were like, why is there a baboon here? <laughs> I don't know why it was in a human hospital. I don't think that's where the actual surgery was taking place, but that's where it was. I don't know. But a baboon was in the hospital.
1: <laughs> that's really funny. Isn't there a joke made A horse by- in a hospital. Yes, John Mulaney. John.
0: <laughs> it's all about our Presidente.
1: <laughs> yes, that uh, I really enjoyed that. Uh, it's one of my favorite. Yeah. I love yes. John Mulaney. <laughs> Me too. There's a horse in a hospital spit off (laughs) yep um and they just let him roam free anyways so well i knew it wasn't a koala because you can't really lose a koala yeah but my second one is which railroad is new hampshire world famous for why did i make famous plural (laughs) i accidentally said famous (laughs) which railroad is new hampshire's hmm, which railroad is new hampshire world famous for i even wrote it correctly it's fine a the transcontinental railroad b mount washington cog railroad c durango and silverton narrow gauge railroad d coast starlight railroad or e empire builder railroad (laughs) That's Um, what a train sounds like. (laughs) Um, actually, never
0: mind. I'm not going to make train jokes.
1: I want to know a train joke. Oh, well, on the entire
0: ride up to the train ride that was aforementioned earlier. Right. I wrote trivia for Brent and Riley to guess, like, the entire way, because they didn't know we were going on a train. And I wrote trivia for them to figure it out. Oh. And so it made me think of Dumbo, Casey Jr., the train. Mm-hmm. Uh, doesn't it actually say "Way out west, way out west, way out west"? Mm-hmm. So I was gonna say that's what a train says. I like,
1: that.
0: but um, I haven't heard of any of those trains. I, I can, I think I can. I that's think another I can, one. I it's another one. I haven't heard of any of those trains. Not even the Transcontinental. That's the only one that I've heard of is Transcontinental. But that makes me think of like. From California to New York, maybe? I don't know. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I don't have any guesses other than that one. But was there one that was like the Starlight or something like that? Yeah, Coast I wanna, Starlight. I'm going to guess that one just because I like the name. I
1: did too. <laughs> uh, No, sadly. But I do have answers for you. So I'm going to go down the list. Cool. So A wasn't right either. That's the Transcontinental Railroad, which connects California huh? to Nebraska. Ah, okay. Yeah. And then B is the answer, and that was the Mount Washington Cog Railway. It is the second steepest track in the world Ooh. after Pilatus Railway in Switzerland. Okay. The railway is approximately three miles or 5 kilometers, long, and it ascends Mount Washington's western slope, beginning at an elevation of approximately 2,700 feet, or 820 feet, above sea level, and ending just short of the mountain's summit peak of 6,288 feet, or 1,917 mi- kilometers. Okay. So, it's really cool how they do it. hmm And it was basically the first of its time, where it had the click. Mm -hmm. um, Like a roller coaster? Like a roller coaster, yeah, so it was built like a roller coaster, and I think that's where they got the idea for a roller coaster. I don't know. How you would click uphill? Yeah, so that's what it does, the train. That's really interesting. Yeah, and it doesn't go very fast. It goes like 2.5 miles per hour, and it just clicks up the uh, side of the mountain. That's
0: really cool. Though. Yeah,
1: and I mean it has to get there too, so it right. isn't just climbing of the mountain. And it like goes over like trees or whatever, and it's like built on wooden, st- um, a wooden basically roller coaster esque track mm-hmm. up to the up to the mountain, then up the mountain, then it stops on the mountain, then it goes down the mountain. Ooh, yeah, it was really neat. That is really cool. Yeah. And then the other ones, so the Durango, Colorado and Silverton, Colorado. I've actually been on that train. Yeah. And it is a train that um, goes alongside of the mountain to get to Silverton. It's only one way trip, but um, it's basically you're looking off the side of the mountain.
0: Oh, cool. When I was younger, when I went to Colorado, we went to Pikes Peak, and I can't remember if it was up a train or up a tram or something to go know. up that mountain.
1: It wasn't this one, but that could but be I was a mountain. On whatever that one was. Yeah, and then the Amtrak's Coast Starlight connects Seattle, Portland, and Los Angeles. And then the last one is Amtrak's Empire Builder, uh, Empire Builder train ride connects Chicago, St. Paul, Spokane, Washington, and Portland, Seattle. Yeah, and it's really, really, really neat. I also found out how to pronounce Spokane, Washington, and apparently it means uh, the children of the sun, so I liked that.
0: Spokane.
1: Spokane.
0: I love all this train talk. It makes
1: me excited. I know. I love trains. Me too. Literally, this brain full of train facts. (laughs) I mean, you're not wrong. You know even more than I do, so that's pretty (laughs) awesome. Uh, one of my other favorite trivia's that
0: I gave them because mm-hmm. I knew my sister knew it and she gets excited whenever it gets brought up mm-hmm. was who is the man who? Yeah, it, no, it was um, what is the man Phineas Gage known for? And Phineas Gage is the guy who had the railroad spike go through oh, his yeah. brain, but he lived mm-hmm. and all that. So yeah, train facts. Anyways, <laughs> my second trivia. you're
1: if you're tired of train facts i'm sorry no i i mean if you guys are tired i'm sorry but i'm not sorry (laughs) okay
0: lauren coleman is one of the world's leading blank okay Mm -hmm. a forensic pathologists b sorry i was reading ahead and i made myself laugh b cryptozoologists c psychics D.
1: Historians. Or E. Bakers. Lauren Coleman? Lauren Coleman. I've heard that name before. I don't remember who she was or what she did. E. L-O-R-E-N. Lauren. 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 I'm sorry. I instantly just thought I knew what I was talking about. Uh, is it leading forensic? It is not. <sighs> He is one of the world's leading cryptozoologists.
0: Okay. Uh, What made myself laugh was I was trying to read ahead the answers so that I could like prepare my brain to say them. And instead of psychics, my brain just said physics. And I was like, he's one of the world's leading physics. (laughs) (laughs) And that, yep. Okay. So Lauren Coleman is one of the world's leading cryptozoologists. He's an honorary member of the British Columbia Scientific Cryptozoology Club and several other international org- organizations organs organs <laughs> he's also a life member of the International Society of Cryptozoology he started his field work and investigations in 1960s after no in 1960 after traveling and trekking extensively in pursuit of cryptozoological mysteries he began to share his experiences in 1969 he's written 17 books and more than 300 articles and has appeared frequently on radio and television programs. He's lectured throughout North America as well as London at and at Loch Ness. He's been both on and off camera, consultant to NBC TV's Unsolved Mysteries, A&E's Ancient Mysteries, History Channels in Search of History, Discovery Channels into the Unknown, and other reality-based programs. So he's pretty well known.
1: Into the Unknown. <laughs> That's awesome. Imagine if that was your job.
0: Right? Like, just being a speaker for all of that. like Yeah. I would love to be, h- be a consultant.
1: Right? Like, my speech professor who journeys from Houston to Boston and Washington, D.C. all the time to be a consultant. Amazing. <laughs> that would be awesome, though, to just talk about crypto. Toys all the time, forever.
0: Yes, so it's kind of obvious what I drew, but you don't know what I'm talking about yet.
1: True. But it's your turn. It is my turn, and it's my story. (gasps) So, what did I draw? That is the question of the hour. Trains. (laughs) You drew train. I drew train. Who is train? What is train? Why is train? how is train (laughs) where is train right there do you hear it i do hear the train so i'm just listening to the train and i'm just like yes it knew what i was talking about so i do psychology trains trains (laughs) wait what was that um do you remember the commercial on disney it was like trains 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 and it was well, all about planes
0: trains and automobile <laughs> wasn't that a movie yes no i know what you're talking about though it was it was they were selling like books all about
1: trains, yes or movies all about trains yeah and it and- would go trains 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 yes um but i mean trains planes and automobiles is a really good movie too
0: i've never seen that one oh it's so good
1: with um He'll, he's a comedian, cheaper by the dozen, blah, blah, blah. Steve Martin? Yes. I think that, yes. I could be wrong. Correct me. So I'm doing Phineas Gage.
0: Holy shiz! <laughs> no! Did I keep a good... That, you did keep... Like that uh, ooh, anyways. You did keep such a good, like, poker face. I had no idea. Ha ha ha. Is that your new laugh?
1: Ha <laughs> uh, So I have now become very self-conscious of my laugh.
0: Stop.
1: I don't like to click. So I apologize profusely for all of my past laughing that I couldn't Never
0: apologize for
1: laughing. I don't like the clicking then. Cut yourself off at the click. How do you do that? Anyways, yes, I am doing Phineas Gage, and I'm very impressed by the fact that I could keep my face so straight, you know? Just...
0: I'm pleased too, cause man, I'm excited because I have not I have like studied ish well, yeah, on my right, own oh, really? stage. Like when I was younger, like in school. So you
1: didn't for your major you didn't
0: No. I didn't ever really? st- like, like study him, study him, no. Not in class. But, but when I was younger, I was really interested in him and read all about him, but I don't remember any of that crap.
1: <laughs> right. So, That's really interesting because usually whenever you go into psychology, in the intro classes, even at TLU, that was one of the first topics that you talked about, around the different portions of the brain and what well, they Yes, do. but, so I
0: did take an entire neurology,
1: like, yeah. course,
0: but... Whenever we were talking about brain plasticity and stuff like that, we studied a girl who had to get half of her brain cut out instead. Like, I guess it's more
1: updated stuff. I mean, it is, but he was a game changer. Yes. Please teach me again. Of course, I would love to. So Gage was born on July 9th around 1982 in Grafton County, New Hampshire. He was the first of five children born to Jesse Eaton Gage and Hannah Trussell Sweatland Gage. Not much is known about Gage's childhood or his education during that time. We do know for a fact, though, that he was indeed literate.
0: He was literate. <laughs> was literate. Well, I'm, I'm guessing that's something important for them to know in this case.
1: It helped prove the fact that he was as high in the food chain for his job, basically. right. It, right.
0: Well, also, when it comes to, um, memory and neurology, there is, and I cannot remember for the life of me the, like, specific word for it, but there's a word for, like, it's your, it was your level of performance before a brain injury. Right. I don't know if you get into that later or not, but there's a word yeah. for, like, trying to go back to, at like, if you reach that level, you're good, like, mm-hmm. to go back to where you were when it happened.
1: Kind of like in, um, there's a number of first dates. What was that movie where the girl was in a car? 50? Yeah. 50 first dates? Yeah. Where her mind just instantly reset to that date of her car accident yeah. in 1972 or 71. I don't remember. Something like that. Let me know if you find it. So Gage was a perfectly healthy young man living a normal healthy young man's life in New Hampshire. The town's doctor, John Martin Harlow, described Gage as a, quote, perfectly healthy, strong and active young man, 25 years of age, nervobilis temperament, 5 feet 6 inches in height, average weight 150 pounds. Possessing an iron will as well as an iron frame. Muscular system unusually well developed, having had scarcely of a day's illness from his childhood. Did you find the... I think it was prior level of function. Prior level... Right. That would make sense. I think that's what it was. Okay. Yeah. And it goes well with Harlow's description of him. Right. Which, I mean, he was unusually well built
0: mm-hmm.
1: from working on the trains and stuff. Mm-hmm. And he was also not a sickly child whatsoever. Right. And let's just say that the use of the phrase iron will and iron frame is a little bit of a foreshadowing. Just a tad. Oof. So in September, on the 13th of September, 1848, Phineas Gage was only 25 years old, working as a railroad foreman when a horrific accident took place while he was working on the Rutland and Burlington Railroad near Cavendish, Vermont. Before the accident took place, he and his men were excavating rock for the tack bed, track bed, sorry. It was Gage's job to decide where the drill holes in the rock were to be placed, as well as how much explosive powder was to be placed inside those hold, mm-hmm. holes. And he would also decide how much sand was to be put in the holes after the explosions took place. Right, He was basically just the guy to mark everything for his guys to follow up he also planned everything though so that shows a high level of yeah he was standing the guy yeah you know he was to focus the explosive force the powder in the fuse would be gently tamped down before sand was added and a more vigorous tamping applied only then would the fuse be lit and that was from the psychologist bbs Donald. i'm guessing that's important yeah so tamping is when you pack the track ballast, which is the support for the track bed, um, down in order to make the tracks more durable because right. the track bed isn't what you would think. It isn't like a flower bed. It is the mound that you see the mm-hmm. train tracks on. Right. So they would have to blast it flat if there were unlevel rocks or whatever, mm-hmm. and then they would have to start building the track bed. Mm-hmm. And, quote, for tamping, Phidias used a large end of a special crowbar-like tool called a tamping iron. And in preparation, so, sorry, this is where the quote starts. In preparation for blasting, he was tamping powder into a drill hole when a premature explosion drove the tamping iron, which was 1.1 meters long, 6 millimeters in diameter, and weighing 6 kilograms Throughout it, from the blast, through his left cheek, it shot up. Right. And And it was into his frontal lobe, right? Right. So it, well,
0: yes, that is where
1: we're thinking. So through his left cheek and out of the vault of his skull with such force that it drew him on his back and he fell several rods behind Mm -hmm. smearing everything with brain tissue and Mm -hmm. gore and that came from an actual scientific paper written by driscoll and leach um from 1998 and that's right i use that paper throughout and quote from that paper throughout this whole entire episode and i don't want to take away from their credit because right. it's a really good paper. I forgot that it was actually the um,
0: the iron, not a railroad spike. It right. It was his actual tool he was using. Yeah,
1: so he was, so just to paint a picture, a very gruesome picture, I'm sorry. So he was pushing powder down into a drill hole that was already done. Mm-hmm, with and, a crowbar. Well, it wasn't a crowbar. It was, uh, well, it, it was a special... Yeah, but it was a special type of rod, basically. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know what I'm picturing, but I don't know how to describe it. But it was basically just a pole. Yeah. That's all it was. It was like a pole with a little spike at the end, kind of. And the spike was a kind of sharp spike, but that's not what would go through his brain. Because the spike would be down. So right. the top of the pole... It was just flat. ...went in through his cheek and out through the top of his head. And we'll talk about his brain position later um, because that is still debated. So even with these injuries, however, Gage was still conscious. Yeah. He even recognized Dr. Harlow, the town doctor that I mentioned before, uh, and reassured him while he was sitting on an ox cart writing in his workbook Mm -hmm. only a few moments after taking an iron rod to the head. I remember reading that, that he just was like, let's go to the hospital. Yeah, and despite the reassurance, the wound continued to bleed for two days and was followed up by a very bad infection that would leave Gage only semi-conscious for an entire month. And apparently it was so bad that they even made a coffin for him. However, the hard work was only in vain because he soon regained consciousness after the fifth week of the infection. Mm -hmm. It was only due to the continued treatment by Dr. Harlow to keep him alive and what he suffered through was absolutely insane right and there are speculations that I've read that the only reason why he survived was obviously because Dr. Harlow was amazing even for just a town doctor Mm -hmm. that um he was lucky to have the pole go through his cheek because it basically had a way for the infection to drain out of his brain
0: huh
1: um i mean yeah so he was able to tilt his head to the side and put gauze there and allow for all of the infection to just drain out yeah because if that wasn't there it would just sit and fester and yeah so gage was left behind with a blind left eye and facial weakness on that mm. same side. But there did not seem to be any focal neurological defects. However, it wasn't long until Harlow began to observe some changes in Gage's personality. So it even took a while for that to... To even... To show. Culminate. Yeah. Quote, Immediately after physical recovery, his, he described Gage as, he remembers passing and past events correctly. "...as well as before since the injury. Intellectual manifestations feeble, being exceedingly capricious and childish, but with a will as indomitable as ever, is particularly obstinate, will not yield to restraint when it conflicts with his desires." Dr. Harlow reports that Gage's employers who regarded him as the most efficient and capable foreman considered the changes in his mind so marked that they could not give him his place again. He is fitful, irreverent, indulging at times when the grossest profanity, which was not previously his custom. So, oh, sorry, you finish and then I'll cut you off. Okay. Manifesting but little difference uh, deference for his fellows, impatient of restraint or advice when it conflicts with his desires. A child in his intellectual capacity and manifestation. He has the animal passions of a strong man. His mind has, was and has radically changed so decidedly that his friends and acquaintances said he was no longer Gage. End of quote. And that was from the school and Leech So paper. that...
0: So it really affected his personality and his decision making and judgment. And so basically it and just
1: flipped him completely and he turned into more of a, I guess you would say, um, wild man. kind a child like without inhibition. Kind of like Tarzan-esque. So like a natural, he landed basically on animalistic thought processes.
0: Well, so that would make
1: sense for it to have been the frontal lobe that was affected. Right. That's where all of those are... Right, but there's more to the frontal lobe than just the frontal lobe, which is why I'm saying later on whenever we get into the more... Yeah. Whenever I mention that, it isn't debated that it went through his frontal lobe. It's more or less debated as to where it hit the frontal lobe and what else of Mm -hmm. the brain was hit because Mm -hmm. it was... Even though it was a thinner pole, it was still... It was a, a good pole diameter. Yeah, that just took the brain out. And it also wasn't just a smooth, beautiful, pristine rod. Yeah. So that means that tissues were definitely cut and torn
0: yeah. whenever the
1: pole went through the brain. So, so there was a lot of damage other than the initial punching out of the tissue. Right. And it's also people wonder why... We'll get into it. Like okay, i definitely sorry. No, it's I fine. Find you're it just really jumping the gun. No. Um, and we can talk about it afterwards because I, too, find yeah. it interesting, but uh, I, I just don't want to lose track of where I am. Gotcha. Sorry. No, you're fine. I'm glad you're interested. So after the accident, Gage's life changed dramatically. He lost his job, his old personality, his friends, but not his iron rod. Gage and his Iron Rod traveled all throughout New England, earning money as at circuses and museums by displaying himself to onlookers and by telling them his story. He also worked f- later for a livery stables as a stagecoach driver, first in Vermont and then all the way down in Chile. <laughs> mm. He A friend took him in a plane, basically, and he was like, yeah, I want to develop a lively stage, uh, a lively... Um, horse stable which is ba- a lively lively where horses can go like privately owned owned horses can go stay at the stable and be cared for I thought it was called a livery A livery okay Is that right? Yeah. I don't know. I think I spelled it wrong then, but I who knows. That would make more sense. <laughs> but anyways, however you want to say it cuz I know I'm wrong, horses can go stay there and a horse home. Yeah. A little horse home, kind of like a hotel. <gasps> <laughs> yeah but they also yeah but the horse can also have horses stay there and you can order a stagecoach and somebody can drive it nice and that's what he would do okay he was a valet yeah basically a horse lay he was an uber he was an uber <laughs> he was an uber um so this would soon come to an end, the, however, in 1860, when he ended up having to return to his family in San Francisco, California, after developing epilepsy. Mm. Then in May 1861, Gage passed away due to a seizure, well, multiple seizures, 12 years after his accident. So he was
0: only 37, if my math is right? Yes. That's sad.
1: Yep. So, quote, Dr. Harlow observed that mentally the recovery certainly was only partial. His intellectual mm, faculties, (laughs) his intellectual faculties being decidedly impaired, but not totally lost, nothing like dementia, but they were enfeebled in their manifestations. His mental operations being perfect in kind, but not in degrees or quantity. And that was from the paper.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So his mother basically described him as a almost psychopathic person mm-hmm. because he was able to lie without even batting an eye and he was able to continue those lies because uh-huh. his he would entertain his nephews by exaggerating or completely adding things to his life that never happened okay and his parents only know that they didn't happen because of the people who he worked with and also because of dr harlow because he kept a pretty close eye on him uh after what happened to him right because dr harlow knew that this was definitely a special case Mm um and he Did not have remorse. He did not have empathy. He loved animals though. Like the horses. He loved caring for the horses. But I think it was also a weird fascination with animals. Uh Rather than like, oh, that's Hunk out there. I love him. It was also like, that's a dog. All of my attention. Mm -hmm. And he loved children, but also kind of in the same way. And he would just lie to them. Okay. Yeah. So it was very much like, The unempathizing, not but not like, yeah, and it's almost like he didn't have access to it because I'm not saying everyone who has, um, yeah, who has a personality disorder doesn't, isn't caring or isn't somebody who has emotions, but he definitely was not able to connect to his emotions anymore, Uh anymore whatsoever. And the seizures did not help either. It just made it worse. Right. And I think it was because the neurons in his brain were not having the electrical currents anymore. The synapses weren't
0: connecting. Yeah, it
1: was almost like the brain was just dying and he was dealing with that. Fun. Yeah, but we'll never know and I'll get to why later. So for several years after Dr. Harlow's publication of his findings with Phineas Gage, there was a lot of backlash and resistance made against his findings from the the world of psychology. Okay. It wasn't until David Ferrier in the Golstonian lectures in 1878 when he concluded, quote, there are certain regions of the cortex to which definite functions can be assigned and that the phenomena of the cortical lesions will vary according to their seat and also according to their character, which was from the paper. Sadly, he did his experiments with monkeys. Oh, Oh, <laughs> oh! I mean, it was 1878 and 1870s, but it hurts me. But also, we did get a lot of really good information about brain functions because the brain—literally, we don't know har- hardly anything with what the brain can do and why it does it that way. And because brains are like fingerprints, every brain is different. Yeah, but it still hurts me a little bit. But it's fine. Anyways, but he did not do, so basically what he we learned about his brain work with monkeys was that we are able to do brain surgeries and take parts of brains mm-hmm. and the people still keeping their personalities and it would just mm-hmm. take a while for them to get better. Right. That's and probably also, due to plasticity. Yeah. And also he didn't work with lobotomies. So that's good. Lobotomies are just the worst. (laughs) Anyways. Quote, he also found, quote, he had found that removal or destruction by the cautery of the enterofrontal lobes is not followed by a definite psychological results. Okay. And yet, notwithstanding this apparent absence of psychological symptoms they could perceive a very decided alteration in the animal's character and behavior, while it is difficult to state in precise terms the nature of the change. He noted that while not actually deprived of intelligence, they had lost to all appearance the faculty of the alternative and intelligence observation. Tracing the trajectory of the tramping iron through Gage's brain, he concluded that its track included the prefrontal region and that, therefore, the absence of paralysis in this case is quite in harmony with the results of the experimental uh, physiology. Okay. And that's from the O'Driscoll and Leach paper. So the problem with that is... And here's where the problem is. Mm -hmm. So when Gage died, there was no autopsy done in his brain. And the skull was given to Harlow in 1868 after the body was exhumed in 1867, right. leaving there to be no brain tissue to look at. So we have no actual evidence. No actual brain. Yeah, for us to know exactly where the tamping iron hit in his brain. And there have been tons of different analyses and experiments done over the exact location of, the brain, of Gage's brain during this accident and just what portion of the frontal lobe was impacted by the tamping iron. The one thing that we do know for a fact, however, is that this moment in history was truly a game-changing of neurology and psychology altogether. Yeah. Because basically what, how I took all of the big words that I read in that passage (laughs) was that all we know due to this guy's... uh, experiments and through harlow's description was that the brain went through the cheek and out through the frontal lobe
0: the brain went out through the cheek
1: sorry the pole went out through the cheek and through the head yes in the frontal lobe
0: yes but we don't know exactly what part of the frontal lobe and we don't know if it got any of the parietals or
1: what other parts because gage was definitely not the first of his kind not at all Uh he was not the first one to have a brain injury like that and survive Mm -hmm. because according to the british medical journal of 1853 there has there was an editorial featured by the name of cases of recovery after loss of portions of the brain (laughs) yes yes this editorial recounted war wounds that affected the brain and there was even a story of a young soldier who fought in the battle of waterloo in 1815 who received a frontal lobe injury he sustained paralysis on his left side of his body and had difficulty um, remembering names. So he had right. a long time his memory. Yeah. But he did end up making a full recovery. Nice. And even served in the army again and lived for 12 years. He eventually passed away from tuberculosis. That sucks to live through that. Freaking mm. dislike tuberculosis so much. <laughs> Anyways. Um, I already did my story on TV. um, So here is his recount of the story made by Jim Horn, the director of sleep research, um, centering at Longborough University. He has been conducting this... He has been really looking at Gage's case and then studying those effects with past events. There we go. Okay. In the next case, a few years later was based in a report by Dr. John Edmondson in the Edinburgh Medical and Surgical Journal of April 1822 on page 199, if you want to go look wow. at it, of a 15-year-old soldier. 15-year-old 15 15, 15. soldier. No. Baby. Who was wounded by a bursting breach of an overloaded small cannon cannon Sharp metal blew through his forehead, resulting Mm. in the loss of a piece of frontal lobe measuring 21 over 2 by 11 over 4 inches, together with 32 other pieces of bone and metal that were removed by the frontal part of his brain. Together with more than a tablespoon of mm, cerebral substance, portions of brains were also discharged at three dressings. So Yay. <laughs> that lots was a, of holes and lots of gushing. I'm so sorry for all of those <laughs> very... Um, Technical words? And very gruesome words anyways. Descriptive. Yes, to say the least. The account went on to say, at no period were there any symptoms referable to this injury. During the time that the brain was discharged, he is reported as giving correct answers to questions... Uh, put to him, he was being perfectly rational. By three months, the wound had closed, and he was reported to be in perfect health and wow. having suffered no derangement of his mental capacities. Well, and that was from the psychcenter.com. So I think, like I had, I've talked
0: about a couple times, brain plasticity. Whenever you're younger, your brain is more plastic. Your brain has the ability to fix itself quicker. Like I said, we studied that girl who had to have like literally half of her brain cut out of her but head. But there was
1: also no talk about him getting an affection either, which is. Which is crazy. Especially during that time, yeah. especially during Waterloo. Yes. I'm just
0: saying that that could be a reason why he yeah, and- seemed to be completely normal after that is because when you're younger, your brain has the higher capability of redirecting. Mm-hmm. And
1: saying like, oh well, this brain part was for this, but we can make another part do that too. And Horn gives more examples. Like, gotcha. So in 1827, in came a report by Dr. Rogers in the medico churgical Transactions. There was a, there hmm, where a young man received a frontal impact again from a breech explosion. It was not until another three weeks when the soldier discovered a piece of iron lodged within his head in the bottom of the wound from which a considerable quantity of bone had come away. It proved to be the breech pin of a gun three inches uh, in length and three ounces in weight. Four months later, he was perfectly cured. Another case here was of an exploding breech pin penetrating 11 over two inches into the brain, making a hole... (gasps) three over four inches in diameter, resulting in an escape of cere- mm, cerebral substance, but no severe symptoms occurred and recovery took place in less than 24 days. Infections during the 19th century were a big problem and could cause irreparable damage. So it was surprisingly fortunate that these soldiers had, Heads were coated in gunpowder. Horne huh. notes that gunpowder is a strong antiseptic, which soldiers would sprinkle on battle wounds. And that was from... I did not. ...psychcentral.com. Yeah. Oh, cool. Right? Hmm. So maybe it was the gunpowder. You know? Maybe, maybe Gage was in the wrong place. Well, there was gunpowder. There was explosive powder. Yeah, but I don't know if it was gunpowder. True. Regardless. That's cool. Because there is uh, all sorts of... Powder big explosion powder but I wouldn't be surprised if it was gunpowder I don't know maybe he didn't know we didn't know no one knows I mean they knew someone knows (laughs) anyways so Horn asked the question why did Gage suffer such a change in personality and die from seizures caused by his injury when all of these other examples were able to get better and continue to live a pretty normal life afterwards and we don't know Mm -hmm. the ages of those two other people right So Horn speculates that Gage might have suffered much more extensive trauma to the front part of his brain than the others, plus Gage's doctor became quite well known after treating Gage, and it's possible that he embellished the details. I don't Mm -hmm. think so. It's also possible that the doctors who treated the other men just didn't know them enough to identify personality changes. Okay, yeah. Yeah. And that also came from Psych Central. So what do you think? And that's the end of my story. And I even left it open because I knew that we would talk about Girl, it. Girl, I left mine open too. <laughs> that's really funny. Um,
0: I, well, I've been sharing what I think by talking over your story this whole time. Well, that's fine. Um, it's just, it's crazy what the brain can do.
1: I think that it was... Oh, I didn't get into... Okay, I didn't write it in there. So I was reading um, one other website that I listed in the sources. Um, all of the different people were looking at where... We have no idea mm-hmm. where the brain was located whenever... Right, because everyone's brain, like you said, it's like a fingerprint. Everyone's brain's different. But it's also it different. moves around. It moves, yes. That's the biggest problem. Head. Right, so that's the biggest... Issue on figuring out where the brain was, and there are like three main locations that people think that the brain was at in order for him to suffer with these problems. Right, and they think that it went in through the frontal lobe, but also hit the center portion of his brain. Uh huh. So like taking the parietals, Mm -hmm. or at least a little portion of it. Yeah. Even just tearing it a little. Yeah. And then it falling back. Well, you know.
0: The thing about the brain is there's so much information stored in it. Like, they say, what's the, the phrase about, like, every time you learn something new, you get a new wrinkle or something like that? Yeah. But it's the smallest amount of matter, of gray matter in your brain, holds so much information. Yeah. So imagine a pole, like, ripping out and tearing and bruising, and I'm sure he
1: hit his head too, probably got a concussion. There was no concussion.
0: There was no concussion?
1: Wow. That was one reason as to why they think that he survived. Yeah cuz yeah. That's cool. Yeah. It's just a medical mystery and it was because he landed on the pole I think which then oh. launched the pole out of his head. So it gotcha. was like a- he
0: didn't actually hit his head and have the brain scoot one way yeah. or the other and hit the skull.
1: Mm-hmm. Interessant. Yeah. It was really interesting. I'm sorry it took so long. Wow, my story was a long story. It's okay. Mine's fairly short because all of mine have been pretty
0: long. So I tried to do a shorter one this time.
1: Cool.
0: And yet again, we have some connections. <gasps> uh, are you ready for it?
1: I was born ready. Right.
0: Can Grace. you can you guess what I drew? No. <laughs> Lore. No, I drew um history. Train. <laughs> Wait, I didn't write it down. Was it lore? What are all the ones? Lore. Histories. I think I might have drawn lore. Uh, 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 ghosts. Paranormal. I think it might have been lore. For some reason, my brain was saying something else. Uh, conspiracy theory. It's either lore or conspiracy theory. I wrote it down somewhere. But as you can tell, we're talking about a cryptid, right? Yes. So... Everyone knows about Bigfoot. Well, I think that's a pretty the Sasquatch. accurate statement, right? But when it comes to hairy humanoids, Sasquatch is not the only one. You know, there's a bunch of other ones we've heard of. The Yeti. We've heard of all other, what was it? The ca- the Iceman or something. Didn't
1: you cover that one?
0: No. The Wendigo. It. The Wendigo, but I don't know if that one counts as a... It was hairy. Sort of. But there's a lot. There's some other ones that I'm refraining from saying because I want to cover them later. (laughs) We're not going to be talking about Bigfoot. But there's the story that I found when I looked up New Hampshire, I had never heard of, which it's not the biggest of stories, but was still interesting to me. So for decades, there have been sightings of strange ape-like creatures that are very different from the Bigfoot. So like they are not to be confused. They're more animalistic, and they seem to stalk the wilds all over the United States, and they still are unexplained. No, this cryptid that I'm covering today, or cryptids, plural, are called devil monkeys. Have you ever heard of devil monkeys?
1: All monkeys are kind of devils to me <laughs> because I don't really like them, but... Oof. <laughs> uh, No, I've never heard of that. That's I had not either.
0: So they're very different from what we think of as Bigfoot or Sasquatch. It's like the mini size. Yes, but crazier. <laughs> because they're Sasquatch smaller. Sasquatch is just vibin'. Yeah.
1: Sasquatch is just living his life. These are not. Um, are they kind of like the monkeys from Jumanji? Where they like take over the police car and yes, they drive but away? Yes, meaner. They were kind of mean. What do you mean? Ooh.
0: <laughs> we'll get there. Um, so they're very different from Sasquatch, uh, to the point that these creatures are considered to be another type of primate entirely. What? Yeah. And here's a physical description. They're usually said to typically stand between three to five feet in height. So like me sized. (laughs) Literally. (laughs) Just kidding. They're shorter than me. I'm not that small. Uh, they are covered with reddish dark brown or black shaggy hair. That is noticeably thicker around the neck and shoulders, so like they're wearing a so they have a a shawl,
1: yes. (laughs) Yes.
0: (laughs) Um, And depending on who tells you this story, uh, the creature could be tailless, so like an ape, because if it doesn't have a tail, it's not a monkey. Yeah. Or conversely, that they have a very prominent, bushy tail. A bushy tail. So, like, either no tail or, like, there's a tail. You can see it. Very bushy. I wonder if they can
1: choose. It's like whenever those... the (laughs) create-your-own-character. But I was thinking more or less, like, the people who would wear tails to school.
0: Ugh. They would clip on the... Don't remind me of those. Yeah, I... I wasn't. I was half. What is... My friends were really into it. Okay. And so one day they came over to my house and we made some.
1: I mean that's They were arts and homemade. crafts. It was
0: crafty. And they were
1: good. I mean, that's fair. I never wore mine, but I had it. <laughs> Same. Actually I never had a tail. But I had friends and I would support them. But right. I never did it. So <laughs> back to <laughs> the story.
0: Um one thing that sets the devil monkey apart is that they are not bipedal. They actually move on all four. Okay. not just,
1: Kind of like an ape. or I mean, monkeys do too. Yes. It's more of like a baboon, to be honest. A Pict- baboon. Picture a baboon. Oh my gosh. Baboons. Un baboon. A un baboon.
0: So, uh, they are also said to have powerful Ruffy. legs. No. <laughs> they are said to have powerful legs that enable them to hop about like a kangaroo. That is so odd. And able to leap distances of up to 20 feet or more. So they're just flying. They're just flying monkeys. <laughs> <laughs> flying baboons. So we talked about their tails. Now let's talk about their hands. Their hands are said to have really nasty looking claws, and their face is said to resemble get
1: this a dog or a baboon with a long muzzle. <gasps> it's a baboon! We have American baboons. North American baboons. Baboon. Isn't there a whole thing about... I was just about to ask.
0: Hmm.
1: Say it, because I think we were on the same page. No, you go ahead. No, you. No, you. You You started it.
0: About there being wild baboons up in the northeast? In
1: the... I mean, yeah, apparently that's what we're learning about. Yeah. (laughs) What were you going to ask? There's, like, a saying or something about being a baboon. Oh, I was thinking of the peanuts. My sweet baboon. Okay. With Linus and Lucy. I know. I think it's baboo, but okay. I thought it was baboon. I have no idea. My sweet baboon. Because
0: what is what is a baboo? It's baboo, my darling.
1: No, it's baboon. It has to be something. It's baboo. It's baboo.
0: B-A-B-B-O-O.
1: No, there's an N. <laughs>
0: Anyways, we are on tangents today. Their mouths are full of very, very sharp teeth and oversized canines.
1: It couldn't be anything without that.
0: Mm-mm. Devil monkeys are most often claimed as being able to produce a variety of loud whoops, whistles, wails, screams, barks, and various other vocalizations. It's just you. It is. Mm. <laughs> they are also known for being extremely aggressive, attacking with little to no provocation.
1: That's just you.
0: <laughs> it's me, guys. Watch out! I'ma get you. <laughs> and I'm Sasquatch, <laughs> <laughs> my cousin. <laughs> um, the first sightings of devil monkeys allegedly occurred in the area of South Pitch. Oh, that's not it. South Pittsburgh, Tennessee, in 1934. During this year, there were reports by witnesses claiming that they had seen baboon-like creatures leaping, bounding, and dashing across fields and roads with great speed. At the time, it was speculated that people may have been seeing escaped kangaroos since they were apparently very good jumpers, but since the reports dried up as suddenly as they started, nobody really knows for sure. Even with these reports, the sighting that really put devil monkeys on the map didn't happen until 1959 when a couple by the name the last name Boyd, B O Y D, were driving along a dark and secluded rural road near Saltville, Virginia, along with their daughter, Pauline. Oh, I can't say that name normally because of the movie Astro Boy. Nerd. Oh, I loved that movie. Like I watched it so much. And one of the robots is like, we should name you Pauline. <laughs> so, um, at some point during their drive, they saw an ape-like beast that barreled out of the trees to chase and attack the car without any discernible provocation. Imagine that. No. It's kind of like the Jumanji monkey. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> but Pauline did claim to have gotten a good look at the aggressive creature saying it looked like a monkey and that, quote, it had light taffy-colored hair with a white blaze down its neck and underbelly. It stood on two large, well-muscled back legs and had shorter front legs or arms, end quote. Whatever it was, it had apparently left deep scratches and gouges through the vehicle, although none of the occupants were harmed. Just a few
1: days after this incident, two nurses were allegedly... Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, I have to interrupt you because I just thought of something. Yes. Did you ever look outside the window as a kid and imagine something running as fast as your car? Imagine there actually being a monkey running as fast as your, uh, jumping as fast as your car. That would be absolutely terrifying. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Um,
0: just a few days after that whole thing with Pauline. Uh, two nurses were allegedly driving along the same area near Saltville when they were also attacked by the same creature or something that was very similar to it. According to witnesses, it viciously clawed and tore it at their convertible, actually managing to rip the top clear off of the vehicle. That's a strong monkey. <laughs> yes. They said that they had begun to scream wildly, and that frightened it away.
1: You know, just if, scream at it. That's how you get rid of all of your problems. Honestly. Hunk gone. German scream Strangers. if you're in the office, you know, scream in your cheeks and then swallow it down to your belly. When you're at Walmart and you're trying to get some toilet paper, just
0: scream at somebody scream. and they will probably walk away. You don't even have to say words. Nope, just ah. <laughs> um, incidents like this continued on into the 1970s when something like a large, bushy-tailed ape with a face like a dog was reported slaughtering and maiming cattle in Albany, Kentucky. There were so many sightings of this beast that famed cryptozoologist Lauren Coleman traveled to the area in 1973 to investigate. While he didn't really find any hard evidence of this creature, he came away fairly convinced that something weird was going on. Quote, I interviewed the people who were very sincere. In the whole context of devil monkey reports, it seemed extremely sincere. You have these reports of hairy, monkey-like creatures with tails, very different from Bigfoot, end quote. Aliens. (laughs) Something very similar was reported from the backwater areas of rural Georgia in 1979 when a monkey-like creature was sighted several times that was described as having a muzzled snout and a tail, quote, like a beaver's, but it's bushy. What? How does that... <laughs> so not like a beaver's. Yeah. I'm confused. Anyways. I mean, me too. <laughs> these, uh, these were far from the last sightings of the devil monkey, and such reports continued on well into later years. In 1994, there was a woman in Roanoke, Virginia who was driving down a dark road at around 2 a.m. when she was confronted by a very scary creature. Quote, a cross between an ape and a wolf.
1: Well, your first problem is living in Roanoke, Virginia. (laughs) And then, I mean, that's a really big problem. Right. It disappeared twice.
0: (laughs) Yes. Uh, And she she said that it materialized out of the night to leap right in front of her. The woman said it was around six feet tall, which is different from the original. Yeah,
1: that's a big monkey.
0: That's not a me. That's a me. That's a you. Oh, no. Oh, it had a wiry and thin frame Uh, and uh. cat-like legs. Well, I don't have that. (laughs) (laughs) And that it was covered in sleek, dark fur. No, I'm blonde. No, that's me. (laughs) Uh, U.S. Game and Wildlife officials dismissed the report as merely a wolf or a feral dog. Six foot tall, feral dog. Don't worry about it. Chupacabra. Hmm? Well, those are hairless. (laughs) Interestingly, also in 1996, a woman by the name of Barbara Mullins was driving along Louisiana's Highway 12 when she purportedly noticed a large mass sprawled out on the side of the road. She pulled her vehicle over and got out to investigate, but rather than the dead dog she was expecting to see... She saw, in fact, that it was a creature similar in appearance to a baboon, which was about the size of a large dog and had thick, shaggy hair, pointed ears, and ape-like arms and legs. Mullins managed to get a photograph, so there is a picture, which I can show you later, which went on to stir a lot of debate and controversy as to what it actually was. Some people were like, oh, it's a dead devil monkey. Some people were like, it's a dog. We don't know, according to the picture. In 1997... A simian creature around five feet tall with pointy ears, a short tail, disproportionately long arms, and a face like a baboon was seen in Duncansville, Ohio. So almost me, but I don't have long arms. Yet another incident happened as recent as 2001. This is the one that was in New Hampshire. It was in Danville. And this was a like the only big... Th- I think I did get lore. This was like the only big thing that I could find in New Hampshire, because it had whole articles written about it. Right. So, in 2001, New Hampshire, where residents were alarmed by an unearthly howls and shrieks in the middle of the night, unlike those of any known animal in the area. People who actually claimed to have seen the creature responsible for those sounds reported that it was a large primate of some sort with a dog-like muzzle, prominent claws, sharp teeth, and a dark, reddish-brown coat of shaggy hair. Dansville's own... Fire chief even apparently saw the beast and the creature was seen at least nine times over a two-week period. To that point, it caused a minor mass hysteria. So the whole town quarantined, basically. Oh my gosh. Parents refused to allow their children out after sunset and everyone looked over their shoulders for the beast. After several search parties failed to find anything and the reported sightings dried up, life went back to normal for the most part. Even in Chicago, Illinois, They had their own sighting in January of 2006. Um, One unnamed witness claimed that he had come to find, quote, a devil-like creature, end quote, attacking his Labrador.
1: No! Leave the freaking dog alone. Just because you want to look like a dog, but you're not a dog, you're a freaking baboon, doesn't mean that you get to attack the Labrador. Yeah. Um... It was described as quote, an
0: unusual combination of a monkey, wolf, and devil with long fangs, <laughs> a monkey like tail, and extremely bright glowing eyes. That's a no. Yeah. And he even claimed he took a picture and it was because of the flash of his light that it scared it off. But many think the picture is a hoax. Yeah. You know.
1: See it's harder now since we have such photoshopping stuff. And- yeah, you can basically just Especially if you're a really good artist, you can just post it in the picture. Mm In
0: 2009, there was a report from an unnamed wildlife biologist who claimed to have seen a devil monkey in rural Louisiana. The witness said that he had seen the creature running through an open field and that at first he thought it was a dog, but then he realized he was wrong. Mm -hmm. And this is what he says. It's kind of a long little blurb. Quote. At first, I guess I kind of thought it may be a dog, but as it Got closer, I realized I was wrong. The thing, whatever it was, ran on all fours to a spot in the fence where the trees were about 30 feet apart and leapt over the five-foot fence in one hop. Once on my side of the fence, the thing stood up on two legs. It was only about 30 feet from me at that point, and I got a really good look at it. It was about four feet tall, maybe a little bit bigger. It had really big yellowish eyes, large pointed ears, and a sparse coat of shaggy fur. It stood on its tiptoes. It had a long, somewhat bushy tail, kind of like a squirrel, but not nearly as thick furred. The snout was very cat-like. I was close enough to make out thick hairs on the face. I'm inclined to believe that these may have been whiskers. Once it stood, it kept its arms to its side, much like a human, but slightly bent at the elbows. Its hands had identifiable fingers with noticeable claws. I know I saw something that day I could not explain, and I am hard-pressed to ask others to blindly accept what I say at face value. I'm not trying to convince anyone, but rather find answers for myself. In any case, after considering the evidence, I firmly believe that what I saw was indeed a so-called devil monkey. End quote. So, of course, as usual, there have been plenty of ideas as to what to, the devil monkeys could be. Some people say it's an undiscovered species of primate that inhabits the isolated wilderness of America. A lot of other ones say, no, it's a dog, it's a wolf, it's a coyote, it's a escaped kangaroo. <laughs> Which I get with the jumping and All with
1: the hands the at the sides like that. All throughout the years, it was just one escaped kangaroo. Just one. It was and Kangaroo Jack. One zoo- oh my <laughs> gosh, I have not thought of that <laughs> thing in years. atrocity. Oh
0: I loved Kangaroo Jack. Some people say, you know, it's escaped monkeys or apes a lot of the like more bizarre out of the realm sort of ideas are that they are mutated experiments aliens chupacabras or interdimensional beasts so aliens aliens or maybe it's just a hoax and it's an urban legend in the end maybe
1: it's that one family that that is their legacy they are to continue the legacy of the devil monkey yeah and because it's just so out there, every family member's like, yeah, okay, I'm done. That'd be cool. Yeah. I don't know. But that's it. <laughs> that was really funny. Wow. Um, I can try to look up that picture for you. Yes, please. I want to see it. That's crazy. This know. is the... What is that? It looks like a hog. Or a weird... I just think it
0: looks like a dead monkey.
1: Is that its mouth? What yeah. Is- So, like, down here
0: is the mouth. That's a really big mouth. And then these are the paws. And you can kind of see an eye and an ear, maybe. Why is the ear there? Well, like here.
1: I don't know. It just looks like a dead monkey to me. No, that looks. But the snout's kind of big. The mouth is big. It looks like a weird dog mouth on a monkey. But no, the mouth isn't. It's. From what I saw, from where I was sitting, it looks like it's stretched out. It almost looks it like does. a weird, creepy pasta image that somebody made or drew with a really big mouth and grin. Yeah, I don't know. The mouth is just too big. Maybe it was. I don't know. I don't know. I don't the like. The mouth
0: it. is too big
1: <laughs> for the proportion of the yes, body. Yes, I agree. I mean, maybe something happened during the accident for it to get bigger. I don't know. I don't know. But. That's weird. It I looked like there, a weird fluffy thing with tiny feet.
0: <laughs> I think there was an episode on the lost tapes on Animal Planet. Oh my Planet gosh. I hated it. that show. Yeah, I didn't.
1: The sand creature.
0: I saw the one with the chupacabra. Mm. But that's that's all I have in my story. That was a good story. Do you want me to grab Usur?
1: Yeah. My baby. My Usur
0: What's in this. Wait, wait.
1: Oh, is there anything we need to do? How do we? How, we never know how we just go straight into okay. Well, that mm-hmm. was an interesting story arc of both of our stories. Oh, it was great. Both of them had monkeys, <laughs> they did, but mine were sad. <laughs> I mean, mine weren't great, <laughs> <laughs> but yours were at least alive. Ooh. I mean, mine were too. Whenever it was were. successful, I mean, if the if it was a successful thing then they were still alive experiment yes
0: yours were just scary (laughs) i don't know it was bad jumanji monkeys
1: i think it was i think
0: it was okay that's where they got their inspiration boom
1: boom boom but i wish they had bushy tails
0: all right let's go ahead and rock paper scissors it out ready yeah rock paper scissors shoot ah you win
1: the north wins yes good Mm Mhm. are you good yes Cool. What are we doing next time? Um. Well, my mom wrote a whole list. Read some. Okay. I'm so thankful for your mom. I know, right? Mama Ludi's very nice. And your father's cooking. <laughs> my, and, and Papa Ludi makes some really good food. So... Let's see. Ships, like transportation. Ooh, ships would kind of be
0: cool, I think.
1: Because we talked a lot about
0: trains today. Yeah. Which one do you want to do for this one? You pick, since you mm-hmm. won the rock, paper, scissors.
1: Let's do boats, because I love boats. Me too. <gasps> boats are some of my favorite things. So, yeah, next time we'll do boats. Boats. I love boats. Me too. Boats. I mean, my favorite part of Boston is literally the boats. And really? hopefully... If I plan my schedule correctly, then I will be able to learn sailing my last year, my last semester. Whoa! That's I will get awesome. to take sailing classes, and I am okay. Universe, I am manifesting that right now. Right. Put now. it on your vision board. Bet, but I'll have to do that when I go back to Boston. I already have an idea of something I want to cover. What? I can't say it because then you'll know what I drew. Oh, mm, that. Oh, I thought that you were meaning like another option. No, <laughs> anyway, just with boats.
0: I have two options going in my head. One significantly more than the other. So I have decisions to make.
1: <laughs> decisions, decisions, decisions. And while those decisions are being made, you can follow us. <laughs> yeah, nice. You can follow us at Aceyoda uh, podcast. Well, Aceyoda on all platforms. But you can follow us on Twitter, Instagram. We don't have a Facebook yet. If we'll ever make one, maybe we will. And uh, you can also email us at podcast at gmail.com. That is A-C-E-A-O-T-A podcast at gmail.com. And if you want to follow us individually, our handles are in the uh, description description box. And if
0: you want to look up this stuff for yourself, we will have all of our references there as well.
1: Yeah. Highly recommend. Yeah. No. That's it, I think, right? That's how we end? Okay? Yeah, that's how we end. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Wow. 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 Efficiency. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Intermission for chocolate. Boop, 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 boop. You don't, you don't peel, peel your Ferrero Rocher? No. What kind of weirdo are you? The kind, the kind that feels build it. it. I'm <laughs> trash. Nice I'm to meet you. Huh. Hip,
1: hip, 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 hip.